0: Welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. We're beginning our greatest hit series today with the replay of episode 38. Hope you enjoy the episode. I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 38. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, And enjoyably today I wanted to share a little bit about Advent and the books that are so meaningful to me and I hope will be to your family as well every year at about this time I start thinking about okay how can I get my focus on that which is real and valuable and meaningful And I always climb up on a step stool to the top of the bookcase in the dining room and pull down a stack of what I call the Christmas books. I've read these books out loud, and we've loved them, but I also love the joy of just reading them alone on a quiet afternoon as the sun pours through the window. I thought I would share some of these books with you and a little bit about them. First, I wanted to start with Babushka. Babushka is an ancient tale that I just love. It comes from Russia, and it's a story of a lady who is kind of the Martha Stewart of her community. And the illustrations are adorable. This edition was published by Crossway Books many years ago, so you're going to have to be creative and find this used but I love this edition, and the illustrations are so charming. But um, it's illustrated by Ray and Corrine Burroughs, and I'm looking for the year that this book was published, and I can't seem to find the publication. Oh, here we go. Um, let's see. So it was published in 1982. So the U.S. edition was 1983. It was first published in Britain by Lion and then Crossway bought the rights for it in the United States in 1983. And it was a BBC broadcast that um, had been done in Britain. So, and it even has a little song that goes with it. Uh, And it's a story of a lady, as I told you, who's kind of the the (laughs) domestic goddess of her village there in Russia. And three kings come to her village on their journey, and the people in the village bring them to babushka's house because they know she's going to get the they're going to give she's going to give them i should say the royal treatment in their home and they come and they stay with her and she gives them the best food and the most beautiful lodging and then it's time for them to leave and they tell her that they're on they're following a star and they're on their way to worship a king a king of earth and heaven someone they've that has never been seen before And so they say, oh babushka, come with us, come with us. And she says, oh, you know, I just, I have some toys and some things from my little king who died when he was a baby, her little son. And I'm going to clean them up and get the house all ready and then I'll be right behind you. And so she works all day getting the house cleaned up, the toys ready to go. And then she says, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just gonna close my eyes for a minute. But when she awakens, she had lost the whole day. She'd slept through the whole day. And so she grabs her basket and she starts to follow the trail of the kings. And everywhere she goes, she asks if they've been there. And they're like, oh yes, they were here, but they've, they've left. They're on their way to worship a king following a star. And everywhere she goes, she hears of good deeds and she hears of of children. And so she takes one of the toys out of her basket and she leaves it for the children. And she follows and follows. She gets to Jerusalem. She gets to Bethlehem. And they say, well, they were here. The baby was here, but they've left for Egypt. And she goes throughout the world searching for the king. And it is the most beautiful, beautiful story, and I love it. And it is the tradition, I believe, in Russia. Instead of St. Nicholas Day, they probably must celebrate Babushka, who leaves toys for good little children. Love that book. And then a book called The Advent Book, If you've read Tales of the Kingdom and Tales of the Resistance, which I very much hope you have done, the illustrators that I prefer would be Jack Stockman and his wife Kathy. And Jack Stockman and his wife did a book called The Advent Book. It's a very large, heavy book. It was also done by Crossway. And each page has a a three-dimensional door. And you open the door, and inside of the door for each day is a different scripture that is pertinent to the coming of the king, the Advent season. And I love this book. Of course, it's numbered 1 through 25, each of the doors. And the illustrations are so creative. Each door is very, very different. They have stained glass window doors. And just all different ones, one that looks like it's from a spaceship, and one that looks like it's from a church, a red-pointed door, probably an Anglican church. And each of the doors has their own personality. And then each of the days leads you to the coming of Christ. And it is a beautiful tradition that you could have as a family that you would every year use this book, the Advent book, and open the, the windows and memorize the scriptures as you read them year after year. Some of you know that one of my most beloved authors was a lady named Marguerite D'Angeli. Marguerite Angeli was from Lapeer, Michigan, and she wrote books, I believe, into her 90s. The, the uh, library there in Lapeer is named in her honor. She is best known probably for her book Door in the Wall, for which she won the Newbery Award. She also has two Caldecott honors and a Lewis Carroll Shelf Award and the Regina Medal. She was quite a lady. And she started by illustrating other people's books, and then she began to write her own. She wrote a total of 28 books, <laughs> 28 books. She was born in 1889, and there's no one quite like her. She also wrote The Hannah, Yanni Wondernose, Copper Toed Boots, but the book that I wanna share with you is her Christmas book, and it's called The Lion in the Box. The Lion in the Box, A Christmas Story. And it's about a poor family, a widowed mother, living in New York City. And she works kind of hard, um, maybe as a housekeeper or a maid. And while their mother is away on Christmas Eve, a huge box is delivered to their house. And as the children are, the, the man who delivers it says, don't open this box, there's a lion in it. And he leaves and then the children are left all day alone with this huge box and they don't know what's in it or what it's for. And in the meantime, they make some beautiful Moravian stars and the book teaches you how to make your own Moravian stars. And of course, the illustrations by Marguerite Angeli are just Priceless. They're so so beautifully done, and then the mom comes home, and I won't ruin this story for you. But the children are honored and blessed, and of course they've been um, obedient, and they are blessed for in their obedience. James Harriet, the Yorkshire doctor, uh, animal doctor, veterinarian, wrote many many short stories. And one of my favorites is his little story, The Christmas Day Kitten, about a woman that he, uh, one of his clients, that he would come and visit and she was always very gracious and very hospitable. And there was a a cat that used to drop in to her house and she would feed it and, and doctor its wounds and then the cat would disappear. And then one Christmas, the cat appeared with several kittens and dropped them off. Actually, I believe it was just one kitten, dropped it off at, at the house and then the mother cat passed away. And James Harriet um, is there when this happens and the cat just grows up to be the joy of this family's life. And it was the mother bringing a Christmas present really to the home and to the family and it's called the Christmas Day Kitten. And then probably, One of the deeper books that I love to share is a book, it's taken from the letters of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German Christian who was assassinated, uh, murdered, I should say, during the Reich of Hitler, and he was leading an underground rebellion against Adolf Hitler, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when he was in prison, he was engaged to be married. He had a wonderful family, a loving uh, sister that he was very close to that I believe was his twin. He wrote some amazing letters from that prison before he was shot by a firing squad. And these letters, um, quotes from the letters, are in this book, and it's called The Mystery of Holy Night. The Mystery of Holy Night. And it's illustrated by Fra Angelica. And if you've ever been to, uh, to uh, Florence and have been to the convent of San Marco, uh, some of these illustrations are there. but Fra Angelico was named that because his personhood was so angelic. He was called brother of the angels, brother of the angels. And there are some other illustrators as well, other paintings in this book, but it's a beautiful, rich, deep book. And I think you will really be inspired by it. Um, Bondoni, Creedy, um, Alt, Dorfer, all these different illustrators. Dietrich Bouts the elder. So the illustrations are beautiful, but the writing by Bonhoeffer, there's no one quite like him. He was, he was a man of great education and intelligence and passion and fire for the Lord.
1: Hi, I'm Carol's assistant, Rachel Winchester. If you've been listening to Carol's podcast and want to learn more about her approach to education, we have a special offer for you this month. During the month of December, Carol's Basic Seminar, A Literature-Based Approach to Education, is available to podcast listeners for 20% off. This seminar is a great starting point for anyone who wants to give their children a world-class education, simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. In this seminar, you'll develop a philosophy of education, learn how to make your children lovers of books, how to use literature to teach history, and you'll be equipped to build your own creative curriculum. You'll also receive book lists that correspond to each workshop. These lists are priceless. I began referencing these lists when my first child was a baby. The books Carol suggests do not disappoint. The method she teaches undergirds everything I personally do in my home with my children. Each time I listen to the seminar, I am refreshed and inspired. We hope you will be too. Click the link in the show notes to visit the web store and get a literature-based approach to education today. Now back to the show.
0: And then a dear sweet book that I read and usually cry at some of the short stories called Christmas in My Heart A Second Treasury uh, More Heartwarming Tales of Holiday Joy by Joe Wheeler. And Joe Wheeler was an English professor, and he began to collect stories all around the world for Christmas. And I read this book every year, as I said, and I always cry. It's just such a dear, dear little book, and it makes a great gift, and I'm sure it could probably be found used. It was originally written quite a while ago. Let's see if I can find it. So Joe Wheeler died in 1996, but the book, this book was from 1997, so it was actually published after his death but it's just a dear, dear book, and it's a reprint of several great stories. One of the best is A Certain Small Shepherd by Rebecca Caldell, which is a classic short story for children for the Christmas season. So I recommend this book, I love it, and you could read like one short story a day. You don't obviously read it all at once. And then I'm gonna close with my, oh no, there's two that I wanna share, and these are my two favorites. First is a book called A Child's Christmas in Wales by Dylan Thomas, the famous uh, poet, Welsh poet. And Dylan Thomas tells the story of his childhood growing up in Wales, and it will absolutely make you laugh out loud. And when my son was a little boy, we had a cassette tape that was a long time ago when there were cassettes of Dylan Thomas actually reading this poem. And my son would go to bed listening to it every night and he memorized the whole thing just by falling asleep to it. But it is one of the most creative pieces of writing in the history of the English language, I think. And of course, it's based on truth and and Dylan Thomas's childhood and his aunts and oh, the people in the neighborhood. It's just a whimsical, delightful poem. But it has been republished by David Godine Publishers, and it's illustrated by Edward Ardisone. Now, if you've been to my seminars or heard me speak, you know Edward Ardisone is one of my most precious illustrators and authors. He did Sarah Simon and No Red Paint. He did. He illustrated the Little Bookworm. Book Room by Eleanor Farjeon, And then all the Tim books, Tim and the Sea Captain, Tim and Charlotte, Tim and Ginger. So he's a very, very well-known and well-loved British illustrator from the 30s and 40s and 50s. But he also illustrated A Child's Christmas in Wales. And so I, I recommend that you get this edition of the book so that you get his illustrations. And they're as brilliant as usual, and they will make you giggle. There's just nothing like, like this book. And then I want to close with the best. I've saved the best for last. It's called Papa Panov's Special Day. And I think I'm going to read sections of it to you. It's, it's written by Leo Tolstoy. And um, it's been adapted and retold. And then it's illustrated by Tony Morris. This is also a Lion published uh, book from England. And it starts out, A long time ago, almost too long to remember. There lived an old shoemaker. His home was far away, almost too far to imagine, in a small Russian village. His name was Panov. But nobody called him Panov or Mr. Panov or even Shoemaker Panov. Wherever he went in the village, he was known as Papa Panov because everybody was so fond of him. Papa Panov was not very rich. All he owned in the world was one small room looking out onto the village street. And in that room, he lived and slept and made shoes. But neither was he very poor. He had all of his shoemaking tools, a beautiful cast-iron stove to cook his food and warm his hands, a great wicker chair where he sat and snoozed, a good firm bed with a patchwork cover, and a little oil lamp to see by when evening crept in. And there were so many people who wanted new shoes made, or old ones patched and sold and healed, that Papa Panov always had enough money to buy bread from the bakers, coffee from the grocers, and cabbage to make soup for his dinner. So Papa Panov was quite happy most of the time. Most of the time his eyes would sparkle through his little round spectacles and he would sing and whistle and shout a cheery greeting to people passing by. But on this particular day it was different. Papa Panov stood sadly in the window of his little shop and thought of his wife who had died many years before and of his sons and daughters who had all grown up and gone away. It was Christmas Eve and everybody else was at home with their families. Papa Panov looked up and down the village street and saw windows bright with candles and lamps and Christmas trees. He heard laughter and squeals of children playing games and the faint smell of roasting meat crept through the cracks round the door and window of his little shop. Deary, deary, said Papa Panov, pulling at his long gray mustache and shaking his head slowly from side to side. Deary, deary. And there was nobody to bring back the sparkle behind his little red spectacles. Papa Panov sighed a great sigh. Then he slowly lit the oil lamp, went to a high shelf, and lifted down an old brown book. He dusted some scraps of leather off the bench, set a pot of coffee on the stove, sat down in the great wicker chair and began to read. Now, Papa Panov had never been to school and couldn't read very well. So as he went, he ran his finger along the lines, saying the words out loud. This was the story of Christmas. He read how a little boy Jesus was born, not in a good warm house but in a cowshed, because there wasn't any room at the inn where his mother and father had asked to stay the night. "'Deary, deary,' said Papa Panov, pulling at his long mustache. "'If they had come here, they could have slept on my good bed, "'and I would have covered the little boy with my patchwork quilt. "'I should like some company and a little child to play with.' Papa Panov got up and poked the stove. "'It was become, becoming quite foggy outside.' So he turned up the lamp. He poured himself a mug of coffee and went back to his book. He read how the rich men traveled across the desert to bring wonderful presents for the little boy Jesus, presents of gold and sweet smelling spices. Deary, dearie," sighed Papa Panov, if Jesus came here, I shouldn't have anything to give him. Then he smiled, and his eyes sparkled behind his little round spectacles. He got up from the table and went over to the high shelf. On it was a dusty box tied with string. He opened the box and unwrapped a pair of tiny shoes. Papa Panov held one small shoe in each hand and stood very still. They were the best shoes he had ever made. He put them lovingly away in their box and lowered his old limbs back into the great wicker chair. That's what I would have given him, he murmured. He sighed a deep sigh and turned his attention to the book once more. Now, whether it was the warmth of the room or whether it was because it was getting late, who can say? But it wasn't long before Papa Panov's bony finger slid from the page His little round spectacles slipped from his nose, and he fell sound asleep. Outside, the fog grew thicker. Dim figures glided past the window, but the old shoemaker slumbered on, snoring gently. Suddenly, Papa, Papa Panov, said a voice in the room. The old man jumped. His gray mustache quivered. Who is it? He cried looking about him vaguely. He could see so little without his spectacles, but there seemed to be no one there. Papa Panov, said the voice again, you wished that you had seen me, that I had come to your little shop, and that you could bring me a gift. Look out into the street from dawn to dusk tomorrow, and I will come. Be sure you recognize me, for I shall not say who I am. Then all was quiet. Papa Panov rubbed his eyes and sat up with a start. The charcoal in the stove had burned low and the lamps had gone out altogether. But outside, bells were ringing everywhere. Christmas had come. It was him, said the old man. That was Jesus. Perhaps it was a dream. No matter, I will watch and hope. That he will visit me on Christmas Day. But how shall I know him? He was not always a little boy. He grew to be a man, a king. They said he was God Himself. Deary, dearie, I shall have to look very carefully. And the book goes on. And Papa Panov has many people come to visit him that day, people he sees through his warm, foggy window out into the bitter cold, who he invites in, a young mother with a little baby at her breast, a light, uh, a, what is it called, a torch lighter, you know, that lights the street lights, um, a, a street sweeper, all different people that are struggling and hungry and cold. And Papa Panov gives them food, food, He gives the little tiny baby the shoes that he had made for his own little baby. And at the end of the day, he sits in the chair and he realizes that it never happened. And he sits down, says, hours ticked by and people came and went. Papa Panov looked closely at everyone who passed, but Jesus did not come. Then he began to be afraid. Perhaps Jesus had come and he had not recognized him. Perhaps he had passed by quickly when Papa Panov had turned away just for a second to poke the fire or boil the soup. The old shoemaker could not sit still any longer. He went to the door of the little shop for one last look. All sorts of people came by, children and old men, beggars and grannies, cheerful people and grumpy people. To some he gave a smile, to some a nod, and to the beggars a coin or a hunk of bread. But Jesus did not come. As dusk fell and the gray December fog began creeping up again, the old shoemaker sadly lit his oil lamp and sat down wearily in the great wicker chair. He took out his book to read, but his heart was too heavy, and his eyes were too tired to make out the words on the page. "'It was only a dream after all,' he said sadly. "'I wanted to believe it so much. I wanted him to come.' And two great tears welled up behind his spectacles and filled his eyes so that he could hardly see. At once, it seemed as if there was someone in the room. Through his tears, Papa Panov seemed to see a long line of people passing across the little shop. The road sweeper was there and the woman with her child, all the people he had seen and spoken to that day. And as they passed, they whispered one by one, didn't you see me? Didn't you see me, Papa Panov? Who are you? Cried the old shoemaker, struggling out of his chair. Who are you? Tell me. And there came the same voice as the night before, though where it came from, Papa Panov could not have said, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me water. I was cold, and you took me in. These people you have helped today, all the time, You were helping me. Then everything was quiet. The tears dried in the old man's eyes, and there was no one to be seen. Deary, deary, said Papa Panov slowly, pulling at his long gray mustache. So he came after all. The old shoemaker shook his head from side to side thoughtfully. Then he smiled, and the sparkle came back behind his little red spectacles that's Papa Panov's special day retold by Ruben Salians adapted from Tolstoy illustrated by Tony Morris so thank you for joining me this week on the homeschool made simple podcast if you liked what you heard in this episode I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help too Visit my website, caroljoyside.com, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.